Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of The Nemophilist. I'm Logan Chartrand, and this week wanted to kind of switch gears figuratively and in what I've been working on and share that with everybody. It is getting to be the middle of December. We've got hunting seasons that are starting to wind down, especially here in Missouri, where I'm at. We've got just over a month left of our archery season. So there is still some hunting going on. If you're still hunting deer at this point, as we think about tactics, strategies, thoughts, ideas, I would say it's definitely time uh, for those of you still getting out to focus back on your food sources. Now, that's likely going to mean a lot more afternoon hunts. The reason behind that, you hear a lot of people say, oh, as you switch to food, going to be hunting in the afternoon. A lot of times those deer are going to be feeding overnight. They're going to bed relatively close to that food source. And if they're on the food sources, you're trying to get into the stand. It's very likely that in the mornings you're going to end up bumping out a lot of deer, could push them to another food source in the area and ruin the whole day. So generally speaking, by waiting for that afternoon period, you are able to Sneak in, get set up in your stand while the deer are still in their beds. And then one of the nice things with the days getting shorter and shorter here over the, at least for the next couple of weeks, is that that means the deer are going to be getting up just a little bit earlier. Still looking at things like moonrise times, moon phase can play a part in it a little bit. Uh, certainly your barometric pressure. So when you've got the right combination, when you've got the right wind, now is the time to find those food sources that the deer are keying in now that they're back to that bed, food, bed type pattern, similar to what they were early in the season. I mentioned switching gears. It's definitely time for me with two deer processed in the freezer at the processors for sausage and one big taxidermy bill already. Uh, time for me to start winding down my hunting season. So as I wind down, I'll be cleaning everything up, going back through my pack and getting everything reorganized, cleaned up, cleaned out, taking out anything that maybe I had in and didn't really need this year or replacing things if there's anything that needs to be taken care of now. I found that really right after season is the best time for me instead of just putting it in the pack letting it sit for damn near a whole year and then trying to go through right before season find out you either have snacks that were left in there um certainly need to check my pack for any lost or stranded little debbie cakes that i may have mistakenly forgot about um but getting any food stuff cleaned out just getting it reorganized i Oftentimes find it so easy to lose something in the off season. So if I go through right at the end when I'm done with my hunting and can get everything really put back together, tightened up, buttoned up. So when I put it away, I know that next year I've got what I need or I know what I need to replace for next year. Just feel a lot more comfortable about that. Now, there's still certainly going to be hunting going on, getting outdoors, uh, focus on coyote hunting. That's going to be a big thing for us in our, uh, again, quote unquote, off season here. We have started to see a lot more coyotes over the last couple of years. The rabbit population has started to come back, which in turn brought the coyotes back. 
we've been getting tons of pictures this year of the coyotes. So we'll be getting out doing a little coyote hunting. We've started to do some trapping on the farm, focus on coyotes, raccoons, possums, you know, anything that we can be doing to help quail, turkey, our deer, uh, anything in general, something that's still going to allow us to continue to get outside. And the other nice thing is we still have a squirrel season that goes, don't quote me here, I'd have to verify, but I think it goes all the way to like February 1st. So can still get the boy out, do some squirrel hunting. Uh, excellent time to start focusing on if you can feed in your areas and you're done hunting, getting some food out for the deer. If you don't have those plots or other vegetation or something for your deer to eat, minerals will be going out soon. I've got 40 pounds on the way right now. So next time I get out, I'll be freshening up our mineral site, making sure that's prepared. So as those deer, as the bucks drop their antlers, um, the does that were bred this season, as they're starting to build up milk, things like that, I want to make sure that they have all the necessary minerals and quality feed that they need to just really be healthy, to not have to stress too much during the wintertime. So still tons of stuff to do outdoors, but really my winter passion when it comes to the archery side of things is indoor archery. Indoor archery is an excellent way to help you stay sharp and hone some of those skills over the off season. It's a great way to uh, focus on the mental aspect of archery. And honestly, I have found no better teacher for form and consistency than shooting at a stationary target indoors without weather impacts. Uh, really about the only thing you may have to worry about is lighting from club to club or range to range. But it's an excellent opportunity to really focus on the, mi the minute details that can have a tremendous impact on your consistency and your accuracy. Um, for instance, Things like foot placement. I have learned through my years of indoor archery and my chase of the perfect game, a clean game, a 360x in five spot. Um, things like foot placement. When I think about my feet, my arrow goes where my back foot goes. So the more closed stance I have, I'm going to consistently hit to the left of center. Uh, the more open my stance gets as I bring that back foot to the right, I notice that I start to impact to the right of center. I'm not a physiologist. I couldn't tell you exactly why that is, uh, but even something like your foot placement, uh, if you're shooting inconsistently as you're trying to really dial those, uh, those shots in, you want to get those groups as small as possible. Focusing on something like where your feet are positioned, how open or closed is your stance, how far apart are they? Are they shoulder width? Are they farther apart? Are they narrower in? All of that really plays a part in where that arrow is going to go at the release. So indoor archery is a fantastic way to, to really focus on that. Um, in fact, I'm definitely not an expert indoor archer. I'm not shooting with the pros when it comes to indoor archery. I think my best game is like 300, 
maybe 50, 51, 52 X somewhere in that ballpark. Um, so again, I still have a long way to go myself on shooting for 60 X's, which in a round of five spot, you shoot 60 arrows for score. So that's every arrow in that uh, quarter size, a little over an inch sized uh, X ring that you have on the target face. So foot placement, um, how you are gripping the bow, where your hand is laying in the grip, how you're putting pressure to the riser. Those are all things that you can focus on indoors that are much more difficult to focus on outdoors. Even if you were outdoors shooting 3D, when you have wind, when you have really different lighting conditions, when there's all sorts of other factors, ups and downs, uneven terrain, it can be really difficult to focus on that. So I love indoor archery for really being able to work on perfection. Again, when I'm shooting, whether I'm shooting at the range at 20 yards, 19 meters, however your club is going to measure it, or if I'm shooting seven yards from my basement to my target out in the garage, regardless of the distance, I can really hone in on that shot execution. So I mentioned earlier, thinking about the mental aspects of your accuracy, the shot process, working on all aspects. Um, I mentioned the foot placement. That's where everything starts. So working from the feet up to the knees, the hips, the waist, uh, the upper body, your torso, the grip on the bow, the, the front arm, the bow arm, your bow arm shoulder or your front shoulder, your draw cycle, your anchor point. I mean, there's so much that goes into this that many people think just pull the string back, get to a comfortable spot, point it towards your target and let it go. There's so, so much more that can go into that. And one of the great people when it comes to sharing lessons to training, and there are some phenomenal coaches out there, but if you're looking for guidance, advice, some of these things that I'm talking about at a very high level, um, and I would say possibly even um, an experienced, but maybe uneducated level from the coaching aspect, Somebody like John Dudley with Knock on Archery, he's actually got a series going right now. He just started back up his school of knock. Um, so there's some excellent people out there that can help with all of these things and talking about at a more educated level than what I can do, all of the impacts of these small things that we've been discussing. One of the things that I like best about it, though, is it really helps me in calming my nerves. I was just talking with Robin Parks of Hotshot Archery today and talking about things like shot process, talking about things like shot execution um, in a hunting situation, staying calm, some of the skills that go into that. And one of the skills that I had brought up was the ability to stay calm in these high pressure, intensely emotional situations where it's really easy to let your adrenaline overtake you, to get the shakes, to, to get that buck fever that they talk about. And I have found that indoor archery is an excellent way to help calm those nerves. Um, there are some high stress situations in competitive target archery. When you're up there, you, you know what's on the line. Your brain is thinking about all sorts of things. I mean, 
to the point where I have my back tension release, my hinge release set extremely, extremely hot. I would absolutely never hunt with this release the way it's set right now. But there are so many things that you focus on that your brain is just intensely aware of when you're shooting indoor archery and it's you, your bow and arrow and that target 19 meters or 20 yards downrange to the point where even shooting a thumb button release, like if I'm shooting my X-Spot deuce or my brass knuckles deuce, I have to have them set it's such a hair trigger because when I'm at full draw, when I'm at anchor and I'm thinking like squeeze the trigger, squeeze the trigger. Oh my goodness. How much harder do I have to squeeze this trigger? Bang shot goes off. Those are things that can be worked on to help make it even better when you do get into that hunting situation, either later this year or next late next summer, early next fall, whenever your seasons start back up. Indoor archery is the time to really focus on all the aspects. So when that buck steps out or that doe or whatever gets you excited is standing there in front of you, you have your process down so much. It's so ingrained from the extreme repetition. Uh, for instance, on a league night, I'm going to show up at my archery club 30 minutes, maybe an hour early. I'm going to shoot some arrows beforehand to get warmed up. There are two practice ins before you start competition. So there's 10 arrows. Then you've got 60 for score. So I'm at 70. I'm probably at about 100 arrows that are as good a shot as I could possibly do, as close to perfect as I can get. Intensely focused shots. If I do 100 of those on league night, or um, maybe it's 100 or not quite 100 during a tournament day, because I'm probably not going to warm up at that range quite as much. It depends on the setup. So let's say I'm shooting 100 arrows every time I step to the line to, to shoot, whether league or, again, tournament competition. doesn't really matter what you're doing. I'm going to practice probably three or four times that, again, staying focused on perfect shot execution every time. So I'm looking at 500 or maybe more arrows every single week from mid-December to usually about mid to late March early April. That's when a lot of things are shifting over to 3D. I'm shifting over to start focusing more on turkey hunting at that point in time. But when you think about 500 arrows every week, intensely focused on excellent shot process and shot execution, it makes those shots when that animal is standing in front of you, exciting you. It, it just draws everything back to the subconscious, to habit, to muscle memory and makes it so much easier to do that. So whether you get into, um, there's really two main types. There is the three spot or what's commonly referred to as the Vegas face. And as you can imagine, three spots, it has three target spots or three target faces on one sheet of paper. Sometimes they are in a triangular pattern. Other times they're stacked top to bottom for you. 
But in a game like that, you are going to shoot, um, depending on club rules or the tournament that you're in, you're going to shoot a series of three arrows known as an end that you'll shoot um, until you get to the set number. So you can do that. The, the Vegas face is really difficult. I'll be honest. I don't shoot the Vegas face very well. So it's one of those faces that I practice on a lot. I like to practice on what I don't like. I feel like the only way you're going to get better is to practice on those things. So the Vegas face, uh, again, a very small X ring. You're probably talking like a dime size, just for a general idea of what that X ring, that, that center, the bullseye, if you're used to a dartboard, what that double bull would be in the center of that dartboard. You're looking at hitting a dime from 19 meters to 20 yards away. The other one, the one that I mostly do is NFAA five spot. Again, um, as the name implies, there are five target spots on one target face. You are looking at that inch to inch and a quarter or so sized X ring or bullseye, if you think about it again in terms of the dartboard. So in that, it generally the clubs that I shoot at or the tournaments that I shoot in, you are looking at shooting 12 ends of five arrows per end. So 60 arrows for a maximum score of 300. So it goes five, four, zero. If you're shooting a real a five spot face, you can also shoot a single spot, which goes from uh, 10 all the way down to one. There are several different scoring rings on it. Again, generally, I um, will shoot just the the five spot, the um, or I'm sorry, the five spot is still or the single spot still going to go five, four, three, two, one. There are some where you could start at 10 points, um, but five points maximum on that target face. So if you hit in the white and as you go look all this stuff up, you can go to NFAAUSA.com if you want to get more information, if you want to see what I'm talking about, envisioning. Um, but the five spot face is a light blue background. It has a white center with a dark blue. So the white is your five point scoring area. The blue outer ring is worth four points. Anything outside of that is a zero. So your maximum score is going to be 300 with 60 X's. That's going to be a perfect game. You can shoot clean. You can shoot a 300. Um, oftentimes, in you know, the tournaments that I shoot at, even sometimes in league play, you have to shoot a 300 to even be in the game. Um, but you also need to focus on your X count. So it's not just about putting arrows in the white. It's about putting arrows inside that X ring to get that high X count. But all of these things, again, are things that can help you really be focused on a target and really be focused on that saying that you hear so much, aim small, miss small. You can work on your pin float. You can work on shot timing. There's just so much that you can do regardless of the specific target face that you choose to shoot at if you get involved in indoor archery. What I would recommend for you, if it's something that you're interested in, check out, you know, just search indoor archery, get on Facebook, get on your Google machine or whatever you've got. Look for a local archery club. Ask around. There are usually state, regional or even um, sub regional, sometimes by county or parish. You can find 
uh, 3D clubs. A lot of times those will lead to indoor clubs. If you're already into 3D archery, you don't really know a whole lot about indoors, but you may want to try it. Those are great places to ask around. Some shops have shooting ranges. They'll do leagues a lot of time. Again, it's so fun to do a league night or even just show up for um, open shooting. And it's okay to be a total noob to this. If you are listening to this podcast and you're thinking, oh, that sounds like a great way to kind of stay in shape and keep my shooting form going and be involved in archery, but I don't want to get laughed out of the room. I would say own that you are a total noob. Give your local archery club a call. Shoot them a message on social media. Let them know what you've got going on. Ask them about the best time to show up and do some shooting. Sometimes they will have shooters there that also provide coaching. So you may even be able to get some lessons if you would like. But you don't have to have all the fancy equipment. I mean, I'm thinking already as I was going through some stuff today, getting my 30-inch front stabilizer set up, my 18-inch back bar, finding my 15-inch back bar, finding all my different weights, my lenses, my clarifiers, just all the things that I have set up for just specifically doing target archery. You don't need that. There are so many people who just show up and shoot their hunting equipment, and they shoot very very well doing it. So it doesn't matter if you have the cheapest bow in the world. I have seen people roll in that got a bow to pawn shop that day and just wanted to figure it out. And it can be a lot of fun shooting with those folks too, to see their progress, to see their starting point and to watch them grow over the weeks also. So it's really cool. Again, show up whatever you've got well, it's like a, a dirt track racing, run what you brung type thing. It's the same with indoor archery. Whatever you have that can shoot an arrow, show up at the archery range. Get help. Pay attention. You know, watch how they're doing it. Look up those rules at NFAAUSA.com or ask whomever you run into at your local archery club to go through the rules with you so that you can be safe doing it. But it's a lot of fun. It's a great way to socialize. I know we're in that time where everything's shut down. You've got to be six feet apart. Uh, a typical shooting lane is 18 inches from front to back. That's all you've got to have all of your space. Um, but so many of these clubs have done a great job with finding ways to be socially distant, um, closing off some of the shooting lanes, making sure there are six feet between the shooting lanes. And that's a whole different sport, too. It, you get used to having. You know, somebody basically 10 or 12 inches on either side of you that are doing their shooting. Sometimes when you're out there by yourself, uh, that can teach you even more things about it. So an excellent year now with everything we've got going on. If you're looking for something fun to do, something that's archery related, maybe you're just getting into archery and you may want to get into archery with a recurve or a compound bow that you already have, whatever you've got. It doesn't matter. Everybody's welcome in these indoor archery realms. I have shot even on the same team during leagues with recurve shooters who are shooting at a single spot. I have shot with 
novice shooters shooting a single spot. I've shot with people who are shooting better on a five spot face than even I shoot. So it's just a great way to meet more people, to learn more about the sport, to keep your skills up, to stay mentally sharp. So I would definitely recommend that to anybody who's looking for something to do this winter. No better time than the present. You don't have to feel like you're a pro. You're certainly going to show up and have people that look the part of the pros. They're not always the pro. Trust me, I have showed up in my shooter jerseys and all my gear, and I've had some pretty rough days sometimes. So um, even the best of shooters have some downtimes. But go in with an open mind. Go in owning that you're brand new to this, and you may not be great right away. Be willing to absorb all the lessons, watch, observe, listen, just take in as much as you possibly can so that you are better prepared when you have that hunting opportunity, which may be the reason you got into shooting a bow in the first place. So that's all I've got really for this week. Check out NFAAUSA.com. I'll give a plug again for John Dudley and his Instagram account, um, Knock On. You can certainly check out Knock On Archery online. I may not have even had his Instagram account. It might be Knock On TV. But if you search Knock On or if you search John Dudley, you can get some great lessons from that man on getting into shooting, whether you're brand new or you've been shooting for years and years and years, there's probably something that you'd be able to pick up from him. You can also find out more about this show, The Nemophilist. You can support the podcast. Make sure that you know if you're loving the show, there are financial aspects of this. There are costs associated with being able to bring you this show every week. So if you'd like to support the podcast financially, or maybe you just want to listen straight from the web, you can visit thenemophilist.buzzsprout.com. From the website, you can find all the different platforms the show's located on. Be sure to subscribe if you haven't already and subscribe on all your favorite platforms. Leave me a great rating and a review on what you love about the show. And you can also email me any questions, feedback, possible show topics, ideas on somebody who may make a great guest, yourself included. Do you have an interesting story, a great hunting story, something about the outdoors, um, something that makes you somebody that nobody would think is huge into the outdoors? And I've met so many people from so many different backgrounds, and I love to hear what is interesting about each of you. So you can definitely email me as well, whizbangmediallc at gmail.com. Also, be sure to follow along on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. You can search the.nemophilist.lc. Give each of those pages a like and a follow as well. Help a brother out. I greatly and truly appreciate each of you listening, all the support that you provide. You all are the reasons that I do this. I want to be able to share these stories, these thoughts, these tips and ideas with each and every one of you. So thank you all so much for that support. Until next time, get outside and enjoy the outdoors.